Hello, and welcome to the 24th episode of the Good Samaritan HealthCast. I'm your host, Clint Cubo, and today I have with me Sabrina Rivera. She's the Planning Project Director here at uh, Good Samaritan, and she will talk about everything that she's in charge of, especially the SOR2 grant. So, Sabrina, thank you for being with me today. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, like you said, I am with the SOR2 grant. That's the State Opioid Response 2. Um, and the two is just really the second round of funding because <laughs> it was previously funded. Okay. Um, so, yeah, really with the SOR2 grant, we're aiming to create a mobile response for the opioid epidemic in Knox, Pike, and Davies County. So got a lot of exciting work going on. Yeah. So before we really dive into that grant and what all goes in it, um, I want to just kind of educate our listeners of opioid abuse and stuff like that. So can you talk about opioid addiction and just kind of what is an opioid? Opioid addiction is, um, it's really marked by an individual's ability to function in their daily life. So um, individuals that are addicted to opioid or have a dependency to opioids, um, typically they are struggling to maintain employment and have some of those daily life activities that they've had previously. Mm -hmm. Um, Opioids are commonly prescribed by doctors um, and dentists for um, typically like wisdom teeth removal, for after surgery, physical trauma. And they're really that strong pain medication. It's stronger than like an ibuprofen or an Mm -hmm. Advil that you can get over the counter. It has that prescription strength and it is highly regulated by a physician. Okay. Yeah. The common one I feel like I hear a lot of people um, getting addicted to is like Vicodin and stuff like that. Is that considered an opioid? Yes. Yes. Vicodin. Um, There are some common ones out there, Vicodin, hydrocodone, um, fentanyl is commonly prescribed. Mm. Um, and then also there are other street names for a lot of these medications as well. Sure. Um, how do people typically get a hold of these drugs? Um, it just really depends. Um, sometimes it starts as my doctor was prescribing this to me for, a, let's just say, a sports injury. Mm-hmm. So I fractured my femur. My doctor prescribed me an opioid, and I became dependent upon that at some point in my life to get up to be able to go to work because that mm-hmm. medication is really what I need to start my day. And once I don't have it, I start to look for other places. So typically prescribed by doctors. Um, Sometimes it escalates to the point where it's being purchased on the internet. Like Hmm. I know you can purchase it on the black market. It can be purchased um, on the street. So it can really come from a variety of different places. Okay. Um, Can you talk about the warning signs of opioid abuse? I think warning signs of opioid abuse are easily identified from a behavioral standpoint. Um, Really seeing how your life is impacted by your use of opioids is going to be important. Um, Am I falling asleep during the day? Am I able to manage any cravings that I might be having? If some of those things are identified, am I maybe struggling with misuse of opioids versus addiction or abuse of Mm -hmm. opioids? So really interacting and engaging with a primary care physician and a trained professional is going to be um, a key in identifying if an individual is opioid dependent or addicted. Okay. Um, Are people using opioids for like self-medication? I know like a lot of people will do, you know, marijuana and stuff like that. Do people use opioids as well? Absolutely. So, um, A lot of times people will use opioids as a way to self-medicate so that way they can do things that they were doing previously prior to opioid addiction. Mm -hmm. So um, one commonly 
one common um, prescriber of opioids are physicians for sports injuries. So let's say I am playing soccer, I hurt my hip or I hurt my leg, and I get prescribed an opioid, that makes it easy for me to play soccer. I'm not experiencing any pain, so mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to use that medication. And after my doctor stops prescribing it to me, I'm going to try and find it somewhere else so that way I continue to play soccer at the level that I was playing previously. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and that's just that's just an example. But absolutely, self-medication is a common indicator of, of opioid misuse. Sure. Okay. So what can – so say I know someone that may have an addiction. They're kind of showing the signs. What can I do if I suspect someone may have an addiction? There are an abundance of resources available for individuals struggling with substance abuse and um, substance chemical dependency, a lot of those things can be accessed on the internet um, just as a quick way to figure out what's in my community, mm-hmm. um, what I can, what geographically is close to me. Um, also, 211 is a really good service for people to use if they are trying to find recovery support. Um, also, there are advocates and peer recovery specialists and traditional recovery supports that are often accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a lot of education that we're lacking and that could be done around what resources are available and how to navigate them. Sure. So um, if if there's a suspicion that someone is misusing or struggling with an addiction, really reaching out to get some clarification on what it would look like would be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, also, what's in my community so that way I can access treatment. Sure. How would you kind of go about trying to convince someone to get help? Um, I think it really has to start with the individual that's affected. And the best people to have these conversations are going to be peer recovery specialists, people that have the lived experience in not only addiction, but also in recovery. Mm -hmm. So that way they can really speak to not only their experience, but what's available within the community that someone who is early in recovery or even in pre-contemplation, like I'm not thinking about how I can abstain from using substances. I'm thinking about how I can make it through the next couple of days without having cravings or urges to use. Mm -hmm. Um, So understanding what's available, really connecting people with peer coaches and advocates that can help them access their services. So is... Treatment successful or do many people just kind of fall out of the treatments or kind of how many people actually successfully complete these things? When we look at if an individual is successful in treatment, we really need to understand what their goals are for treatment services because oftentimes an individual isn't looking to be completely abstinent from all substances. So an individual can be in recovery, although they're still using other medications to self-medicate if they're not using opioids or they're not using something that's a higher level of severity, higher um, potential for chemical addiction, um, then I would say that that's successful, that person is in recovery. So it's really defined by the individual, Mm -hmm. um, what their recovery pathway looks like. And it's, it's just difficult to measure because not everybody that is in recovery has access to recovery support. So there are a lot of people that are going through the process on their own. They don't meet with traditional, they don't meet with a therapist or a case manager mm-hmm. or a peer coach. So um, there are a lot, I would say, of people in recovery that 
don't show up whenever you look up these numbers. Oh, okay. Well, great. So then, I mean, obviously with treatment, you guys are coming in with the grant and things like that for education and stuff like that. Let's talk about what this grant is. Absolutely. So the SOR2 grant, the State Opioid Response 2 grant, is funding through the Division of Mental Health and Addiction. And these funds are distributed throughout the state to implement mobile responses to opioid epidemic. So we are really trying to create a team of peer recovery coaches, of physicians, of providers that are working together to enhance the continuum of care for people mm -hmm. in recovery treatment um, or in treatment services and trying to access recovery. Um, and so our peers, we have peer recovery specialists under the SOR2 grant that are going to be out in the community really working to connect individuals that wish to access recovery supports to whatever it is they need within the community. Mm -hmm. So we might get referrals for people who don't have employment, and that's really challenging their ability to stop using substances because they're not motivated um, within their within their homes if they don't have employment. So peers are really going to be working with them to meet their basic needs and enhance their motivation to participate in recovery. Well, great. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we close out here? Yes. One thing that I really do want to mention is the level of experience that our peer recovery specialists have, um, and they have that specialist title that really indicates that higher level of training. Mm -hmm. um, so all of our peer recovery specialists have that lived experience in addiction, um, and they all identify as individuals in long-term recovery. So they have that experience of I've also been in the criminal justice system, mm -hmm. or I have also struggled with mental health issues. Um, I've struggled with housing insecurity or food insecurity. And really being able to relate and build rapport is going to be crucial for people to want to participate in recovery treatment mm -hmm. and also to motivate them. Um, we want to have individuals that, that really exemplify that you can you can be recovered from substance mm -hmm. from substances um, and so they have lived experience in addiction and also in recovery so we are working with them to expand their knowledge base through training and credentialing so they all have the CAPRC1 credential and are working towards the CAPRC2 that stands for certified addiction peer recovery coach um, and so through our grant, we're partnered with the leading experts of peer recovery services and working with Mental Health America of Indiana, the Indiana Association of Peer Support Services to really build a solid program and expand recovery supports into areas that they haven't been traditionally. So within the hospital system, um, our peers are going to be responding to the emergency room, um, into the be behavioral health unit to really just meet with people, provide that information information. And if they wish to access our services, they know how to. Great. Well, awesome. So say someone listening right now, um, they may be struggling with some kind of substance, substance abuse or something like that. And they want to get in contact with a peer recovery specialist or something like that. Do you have any contact information that you can provide for someone to reach out to? Absolutely. So our peers are available 24 seven, um, really creating that mobile response starts with being able to respond at any point in time. Um, addiction and, and mental health, they don't operate during normal business hours. Right. So we're really trying to accommodate the needs of the clients that we're serving. So our peers are going to be accepting referrals 
and that can be submitted to our referral email, which is SWIAAA at GSHVIN.org. So with our SOR2 grant, we're really um, excited to be collaborating with organizations within the community and really partnering with the criminal justice system and with behavioral health treatment services to really wrap around individuals that are seeking assistance. So we're very excited. Our peers are very excited to start getting some referrals. So if you guys have any questions or if anyone has any questions, they can reach out to that email address. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also look at the phone number that's listed in the description and follow the menu options to access peer recovery supports. Well, awesome. Well, Sabrina, I want to thank you for joining me today and giving all of this uh, great information. Um, so my name is Clint, and this has been the Good Samaritan HealthCast, and we will catch you guys next week. <laughs>